Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder. Back with me is Jacob Resnick from Metsmerized. What's up, pal? Uh, not much. I, I, I can sense some, uh, some anticipation in your voice. I, I wonder what that's from. Uh, strictly celebration in my voice right now. It's elation in my voice. Um, there's many more Asians, I, I, I'm sure, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, exciting. We're, me and Jacob are recording. It's like 7.30 on Monday night. Uh, just a couple hours ago, it was announced that Stephen Cohen and the uh, and Sterling Equities, a.k.a. the Wilpons, the Katzes, uh, their respective families, the limited partners, everybody, uh, have agreed to sell the New York Mets to Steve Cohen. Um, $2.35 billion or something along those lines. And um, all that's left now is... Uh, approval from MLB owners, which is 23 out of 30 owners have to approve. And, um, you know, I, you don't want to count your chickens, but I'm, I'm already counting my next generation of chickens. Like, I'm already thinking, what is Steve Cohen going to do once he's in charge? There's no slowing down this train in my mind. Um, Jacob, you've always been the more reserved of us. Um, you know, is there any downside to what's going on right now? Well, there's certainly no downside. Um, well, there's no baseball-related downside to, to Steve Cohen being your owner. Um, I, I think, obviously, there, there was news, and it wasn't just news. It was announced by the team in December that, that there was uh, progression towards a, a transfer of power, uh, and then that ended up falling through about two months later. Um, so certainly... Good news. Good news for Mets fans. Uh, you know, good news for um, the future of the Mets organization. But um, like you said, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Um, there's still, still, um, you know, time between now and and when the the keys are the keys to uh, you know 41 Seaver Way are, are officially handed over to to Mr. Cohen. So um, it's it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, they. It wouldn't have released a, a, a press press release if uh, if there was no deal or, or it was still pending. So um, definitely everything is trending trending in the right direction. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of anxious to see what a, a, a New York Mets team owned by someone other than the Wilpons uh, looks like because uh, my my entire lifetime has, has just been uh, you know the same the same family in charge. So I think. It's going to be new for, for all of us, and, and um, obviously it's, it's kind of been hyped up quite a bit uh, in terms of uh, what, what Cohen will do in terms of bringing on uh, talent, no matter the price. Uh, I think some of that may be a little overblown, but um, we'll see. We, we really don't know what, what to expect, so just got to you know, buckle up and enjoy the ride. Oh, for sure, and, and I think this is, you know, and anybody could have come in and uh, bought the team. And I think all of us would have been like, all right, cool. This is great. Just, just, it's a fresh page. This is now the richest owner in sport, in, in baseball, I should say, um, by, a, by a long shot. I think um, Mike Mayer, our buddy Mike, he put up, uh, I guess, the, the rankings of the highest, um, highest valued owners. And uh, I think the top two or top three combined just barely reached what Steve Cohen is worth. Like, you know, this is best case scenario for for everyone involved. The fans are, you know, just elated. It's um, 
you almost have to pinch yourself. It's it's I put it out on Twitter before. It's almost like it's not real. And um, yeah, and it, it's crazy. I just just say with the the owners. I mean, I don't think anyone can really comprehend how much money <laughs> Steve Cohen's net worth is. I mean, uh, you know, you, you think about someone like John Henry who owns the Red Sox and a bunch of other sports teams, owns the Boston Globe, owns Liverpool, who's you know one of the best teams in in soccer teams in Europe. He didn't even crack that list that Mike tweeted. So I mean, it's just kind. Of, unbelievable to even comprehend how much money this guy has no and and i agree with you that i, I don't think that he's gonna you know i i do think he's gonna make a splash and i i certainly think he's gonna be uh spending to win um something that we haven't seen in my opinion since like the johan santana deal that was probably the um <laughs> the last actual contract that the mets didn't have to kind of give out your david Wrights, your cespedes your your jacob de Grom's. Um, that was your last like real commitment to let's put a winning team out on this is this is the move that's going to put us over the top. We really haven't seen many of those. Um, I certainly think he's in the cards for a couple of those. You know, your real mutos, maybe even something bigger. Who knows? Uh, you you have no idea which direction he's going to go with this. But um, from what I guess Tim Healy of Newsday was reporting that he's already going to be a consultant to uh, to baseball decisions as he's awaiting. MLB approval, which I think is very cool. Um, you know, it, once the papers are signed, I'm sure that 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 money's being wired over. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd concede any power over that time either, because the Mets have, you know, for lack of a better word, just been screwing it up. You know, breaking apart a a, a budding system. You know, just front office wise, they've kind of just sold off all their parts. And um, but yeah, I'm certainly um, excited for for what kind of changes is going to bring because it really couldn't have gotten any worse <laughs> yeah and i think i think we're going to see some changes um behind the scenes in kind of a uh, maybe not exactly the way that everyone expects i don't think he's coming in and going gonna gut the entire front office um i think he, you know he's obviously a smart businessman and knows how to take inventory of of what's already in place uh i think um you know, Brody Van Wagenen should probably be looking over his shoulder because Cohen will probably want to bring in his own face of baseball operations. Um, but, you know, I think the Mets have a lot of good people working for them uh, in their analytics oh. department and in their minor league system, scouting department. Um, I think yeah, Baird so. and Ballard. Baird and Ballard, those are the guys who should who should be taking at least the uh, the transition period to a new regime. I hope they stay in the organization. I really do. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I really... Um, and kind of interested in just the uh, commitment he puts into analytics, into health and, and player performance and uh, all that kind of stuff that we've heard about from a surface level, surface level Wilpon, you know, talking points like, oh, we're, we're, we're investing into this stuff. But, you know, they, they don't, haven't always really gone all the way in in those uh, in those areas as, as other teams had. So. Um, you know, this is not like, oh, Steve Cohen wants this guy just because he knows he's a good player and, and will throw millions of dollars at him. No, you know, he's going to hire the, the, the minds, the baseball minds to, to make those decisions. And, um, I don't, I, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting because, because a lot is going to unfold between now and, and opening day 2021 and, and it should all be exciting for, for anyone following this team. 
it's just going to be so refreshing that, you know, we know, well, we, we, we have a pretty good idea that, you know, this, this new ownership is not going to, you know, demand to be involved in these decisions. He, like you said, he's going to bring in the right people to, to make all the right decisions. And, 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 you know, he's going to tell them like, guys go out and make, you know, bring us a championship. And I, I can honestly say that I don't think that's something that, that Jeff or Fred Wilpon ever walked into Brody's office or Sandy's office or, or whoever's office and, and walked in and said, all right, look, no, you know, no holds barred, go out and get us, bring, bring us home a championship. I don't think they ever gave him that, that leeway, that freedom to go out and do whatever they had to do. And, um, just for so long, I mean, well, they they might have, but they might have also given them a laundry list of of restraints of of, of what they couldn't do. I'm sure. Well, yeah, they they gave them a suitcase full of freaking monopoly money instead of actual <laughs> cash, like well, like Jeff's face on it was just two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and and I hate to throw dirt on the Will Ponds, but you know they they kind of drove this franchise into the freaking ground, and um. I think we took that personally, and and oh, I wish we had the Jordan clip where <laughs> I took it personally because we did because we love this team, and um, I don't want to say that they didn't love this team because you you know that how much that you know, we could tell how much they they actually were Mets fans, but I think the um, the other stuff just became overwhelming uh, every other angle from uh, for being an MLB owner, and they were you know kind of drowning and. Um, you know, it it was time for a change, and this is just, I know I said it before, this is just the best case scenario, and there's a good core in place, like, they're not that far off, with just the, the cash infusion, and not the bullshit one we've been hearing about for so long, like an actual multi-billion dollar cash infusion, um, just the highest of hopes, it's, it's incredible, what this team's doing now, like Conforto, and Dom Smith and, and DeGrom, what he keeps on doing, and McNeil when he's not running off the field with his baseball bat to to, to, <laughs> to use the to use the boys' room. But um, just the places that this core can go um, with the right, uh, just the right focus and the right support, it, it's um, it's very exciting. I, I don't want to get I, – I'm trying not to let on my excitement, but I'm over the fucking moon right now. I really am. I uh, can't say I disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew I would turn you. I, I knew I knew uh, you coming out. You're coming into this calculated, just like Steve Cohen would. Um, and you know, you you see every angle, Jacob, and and you, you sometimes you have to kind of hit me in the in the face with a with a, a cold bucket of um bucket bucket of uh, of take it easy there, champ. But um, yeah, I'm glad that you're on board here because this is exciting stuff. No, it is. Uh, I mean, I I will. Certainly not be satisfied until until they have the uh, the press conference uh, intro- introducing uh, Cohen to the to the media. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, one of those rare um, you know this news can't be taken negatively announcements <laughs> that comes out from from this organization. So um, yeah, it's a good day. I think every September fourteenth we should celebrate. I really do. Steve Cohen did. Oh, Steve Cohen Day. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, when are we going to get Michael Conforto Day? That's my question. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I think soon soon after the keys are, are handed over, we can we probably be able to, uh, you know, count, count the days down. 
All right. How else? How else do you do you mark your uh, your presence by saying this is the uh, the new cornerstone of our franchise? Because boy, he he's um I I I, I want to say he's earned it, and I don't think you give him like this. Oh, you're you're still uh you're before free agency kind of sweetheart deal. I think you pay that man. Absolutely, and he's he's hit that that corner that um, we we've been waiting for. I mean, you know, ever since. Uh, the one, the one memory that that, that stands out. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I saw Conforto play in, in Brooklyn in his uh, first professional season back in 2014. But um, I remember distinctly spring training 2015. He uh, he wasn't officially invited to spring training, but he did get called up from the the minor league side and and started a game. And and I think it was against the Braves or something. And he lined a a double into left center and, and Keith was, was broadcasting the game and let out one of his moves. <laughs> and, and that's, 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 that's when you knew that like, you know, this, this guy had had a sweet swing and, and um, you know, the, the potential was, was there because Keith doesn't, doesn't give those reactions to just any old minor leaguer. So, um, you know, we've been expecting the breakout and I think it's, it's fair to say now that that Conforto is um, proving to be one of the, the elite outfielders, uh, definitely in the National League, if not if not all of baseball. I mean, yeah, he's um, it, he's just hitting the car. He, and I don't even want to. He's not like creaming the ball. It's not like oh, he's just some power monster. No, he's doing it with finesse. He's putting it to all fields. He's going to the opposite direction for the most in his career. I wish I had. I do have the numbers in front of me, so I shouldn't. I should be more uh, more active with this, but. Uh, yeah, he's going the opposite way. Thirty point three percent of his at bats, and he's hitting, I don't know, three forty three, three forty three, four twenty eight, five sixty six. Like, it, I know we were talking about last week. Like, oh, he should be in the in the MVP conversation. You know, if he keeps on going on this route, and let's say the Mets go on a run and make the playoffs, um, you know, is is Michael Conforto your NL MVP? Because Tatis has slowed down considerably over the past few weeks. Maybe week, week or two, but um, he was your front runner. Is Conforto coming for that spot? Potentially. Uh, I mean, it's tough. I think I think Tatis uh, just was absolutely on fire the entire month of month of August, and um, you know, with everyone kind of having that small sample, you know, all you really need is one one sample. Um, I mean, you have Mike Yastrzemski has been fantastic for the Giants. He has. Um, Mookie Betts has been great. Juan Soto has been great. Bryce Harper has been very good as well. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, it, Freddie Freeman. I, I don't want to cut you off. Freddie Freeman is having yeah. a terrific year. Yeah. I mean, it, there are plenty of guys, so I think he'll certainly get votes. I mean, it, it's it's tough. It, it's tough in, in such a small small sample to, to have guys distinguish themselves because, you know, I mean, in a normal season, if a guy posted a, uh, you know, a weighted runs created plus over, over 170, you're, you know, this guy is, is your, your shoe in MVP, but um, you know, there, there's certainly plenty of guys over 160. Like you mentioned, Freddie Freeman's at 180 right now. Um, Trey Turner. So, yeah. Trey Turner's yeah, Trey 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 a monster. Also, yeah. He's, he's been great. And he, um, he has, multiple dimensions to his game as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think he certainly is, is making a case for top five. Um, I mean, it's, it's just weird because he doesn't 
feel like the typical MVP candidate. I don't know if maybe that's just from watching him night in, night out. Um, you know, he just doesn't really have that, that feel of like, oh, yeah, this guy's taking the league by storm. Um, and it is weird because teams are only playing their, their division their division rivals and, and the American League teams from the opposite division. So it doesn't really feel like, oh, this guy is tearing through the National League and, and every opponent. So um, we'll see. I mean, and, you know, on the pitching side, DeGrom is, is making a case for for uh, MVP as well, uh, if, if that's what happens. Um, so I, I, I can confidently say that, that a New York Met, if not – multiple will get MVP votes. Uh, how how high that person ends up finishing, TBD, but someone will get votes. Oh, I think I think you're talking about Dom Smith and and you know and of course DeGrom, you know, he's just uh been outstanding. And uh if he finishes off how he started, um yeah, oh I think it's a shoe in. But Dom Smith, I mean I know he's doing it quietly and he's doing it without a true position, but what he's done is is you can't ignore it um maybe he won't get mvp you know top five votes uh, what do they go down to seven i think they go to 10 they go to 10 okay so i wouldn't be surprised if he if, if his name pops in there down at the bottom yeah i mean it's it's weird because he he's gonna have less or fewer plate appearances than than everyone else just because he was in a in a part-time role for about two weeks um if that i mean he wasn't really playing that often uh, until Cespedes opted out. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just been fantastic. And um, it, it is great to see just him kind of be that consistent guy. I mean, we always knew about the potential and, and he would show flashes and he obviously has gone through different um, body types <laughs> throughout his his career. Um, and, and once he kind of got comfortable in, in his current, with his current self and, and, and was able to uh just be a much more agile um, guy at the plate, in the field, on the bases. Um, you know, it, it taken, it's taken a little bit for him to kind of come into his own. Um, and he, he's still, I mean, he's still not, I mean, like you mentioned, doesn't really have a position. Um, he's been DHing a lot. He's, he's played some first, played some left, and, and his role going forward is not super defined. Um, you know, Pending what what happens in free agency and and where some other guys ended up settling, so um, yeah, I mean it, it's great to see from him and, and uh, certainly a, a feel good story uh, if anything from from him this season. Oh yeah, and you know the Dom Smith stand squad is just oh you know <laughs> we're we're just ridiculously happy for him and you know we we've all seen the work that he's put in like you know, and that comes from people who follow the team, you know, closely, who just have, have watched him come up have heard, who heard about him as a first round draft pick. Um, you know, just the, the progress that's so tangible and it, it, you know, we're all Dom Smith fans. How can you not root for the guy? And, you know, we saw the interview with, uh, with Gelbs and, um, the emotion in the press conference, like there's just so much great and positive that comes out of, Dominic Smith and um, it, it's such a cool thing to see and the DH has really created a spot for him because now he can play first and um, that's of course his most uh, capable defensive position he sees a, a gold glove caliber first baseman even though he he should have let that little weak pop fly drop on Sunday I forgot who hit it but um, could have got a 
inning an ending double play, but I, I think it was no harm, no foul. But um, otherwise, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't even say otherwise. That was just a, a little little gaffe, but just uh, you know, a terrific ball player, terrific. Um, I want him on my team. That's that's what type of player Dom Smith is, and uh, yeah, I mean, MVP votes might be um, you know overshooting things a little bit, but I'm certainly hoping for him because you know and one. Then- one point five oh, F four and I'm sorry, no, one point five wins above replacement in hundred and fifty four plate appearances. That's you know, that's pretty incredible. Is it is it you know sustainable? Who knows? But you know, the guy's got talent. We know that. For sure. And I think the interesting point that you brought up is is the DH just allowing him to to thrive. And I think if there's no no designated hitter, which obviously was was born out of the, the COVID situation. Uh, it, was no, coming, it was coming anyway. No, it was coming anyway. But if there was no, um, you know, shortened season and no DH instituted this year, uh, I think there's a strong chance that that Don isn't on the team when we do when we were going to see the, the DH in the National League eventually. Uh, I mean, I, I'm just kind of thinking like, okay, there's a a chance that in a in a normal 2020 season he starts again in a part time role and maybe hits well off the bench and the Mets realize that you know they don't have a spot for him and he's too good to to just kind of be toiling on the bench for you know two three more seasons until they institute the designated hitter in the in the national league and end up moving him so uh, i guess if there's one th- one thing of all the things that have come out of uh of, of the coronavirus pandemic one good thing um it kind of accelerated don smith's uh timeline to be an everyday player for uh, for this team. Yeah, and that's um that's just it's such a good thing. I've said it so many times. You you can never have too many good players in a lineup. And uh Dom Smith is a damn good player and you know Andre Semenes, a damn good player. Uh and the even the guy that looks like he took his job, Ahmed Rosario, damn good player. Like you can never have too many of these guys and sure you got to find a bats for everybody, you got to find innings for everybody and um you know, you, you kind of got to do what you got to do. And I think in a full season, of course, the, these storylines and these competitions would have played out, um, or at least had the chance to, to kind of play out. And uh, it, it's, you know, the, the ripple effects of this coronavirus shortened season is that, you know, over what would have been a quarter of a year, um, Ahmed Rosario might have lost his starting job. Like, you know, and, and he still produces. Um, it looks like, Jimenez kind of lit a fire under him or in recent days. And that's always nice to see, uh, his outs above average came out a couple, I guess on, on Monday and, uh, he's having a fine year defensively and not as good as Jimenez though. So, you know, a lot's to be said for what Jimenez has done, but you can't, I would just feel so, um, I would be cautious writing off guys who didn't perform in the 2020 season, when it was actually only like a third of a year. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, I mean, we saw, um, we, we saw a close to peak Ahmed Rosario in, in the second half last year. Um, and, uh, that was over a, a, a sample of, of much longer than, uh, the entirety of this season. So, you know, just because, because he had a, uh, a rough first, 30 35 games and end up losing his his starting job to to Jimenez um you know that that 
says nothing really to me about about the future. Um, I mean, you you kind of have to look at uh, really the, the the process metrics, you know, like 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 the outs above average. Um, so I, I obviously you like what you've seen from Jimenez. I don't. I'm not saying that Andres Jimenez is is the future starting shortstop just because he's had a a, a solid rookie season and. Uh, you know, you, you don't like what you see in from Rosario, but I'm not going to say that he's he's has no place on the team going forward. So, um, you know, I, do you throw out this this season completely? No, but, but you you weigh it much less than you would um, any any normal year. See, I think you have to like find the you have to kind of find the the positives. Um, you know, they they pushed Rosario and they went public like, hey, yeah, we're considering. Um, taking him, you know, he, we're considering putting Jimenez in there full time. And, um, you know, I know they didn't come out and say that flat out, but they pretty much came close to saying it. And, uh, Rosario's looked to respond well. So I think you have to take that and be like, Hey, you know, there's some fight left in him. He's still a young player. And, um, yeah. And, and he's under team control and, uh, he seems to be athletic enough to, hopefully take on a new position if he has to, because Nimmo, at least statistically, hasn't been really cutting it in center field. And boy, if Rosario could take that spot, I know you'd have to kind of shuffle around the outfield, but, um, you know, if he could play the field, play the position defensively and his bat can come back to that, you know, maybe 260, 320-ish area with a little bit of pop, you know, I'd take that if his, if his fielding is well. But, um... Yeah, certainly something to something to think about. Uh, and I think that the tough thing in terms of analyzing this type of stuff is that yeah, we're not um, we're not putting so much stock into it long term, but um, they're still trying to win and make the playoffs this season. And yeah. so you, you do have to weigh: okay, is this guy the best for us right now? Um, but distancing that from is this guy the best for us? you know, for, for next year and the, the year after it, it, it's kind of takes, takes a second to kind of adjust your, your thinking for, for those two different scenarios. Oh, it's wacky races, man. It, this is, this is wild. Like this is, um, high drama stuff and how the Mets are still in it. Entering games on Monday, uh, Mets are 21 and 26. The number eight seed, the giants are 23 and 24. So you're two games back. You have, Three games in between, uh, three teams between you. The Mets were tied with the Reds, Brewers, uh, and Rockies were, I don't know, a game or two ahead of the Mets with a couple of games in hand. So, you know, it's not impossible. You got to win games. If you're the Mets, you have to win games. But, you know, somebody pointed out on Twitter, I wish I can go back and look right now, but just I got a lot going on. Somebody pointed out, and whoever it was, thank you. The Mets have only won series against the Marlins this year. I know they haven't played a lot of series, but they haven't won. They've only won series against the Marlins. Is that is that accurate? I saw it while I was at work, and I said that can't be true. And I thought about it. I said, "Holy shit, that might be true." I it doesn't sound too crazy. To, I it mean, does just it, right? considering how, <laughs> okay. this, how the season has gone, yeah. So if that is the case, and, and I'm not going to check right now, and I'm sorry for not doing my due diligence, but it just popped in my head. And they make the playoffs still. I know they can go on a nice run. They have 13 games left and, um, you know, go go on a run. Win 10 out of 13 and get into the playoffs and get in there hot. Can they actually make waves? Like, I, all right, 
so you know you have DeGrom, and I, I assume you have Lugo if you're going through into a playoff rotation. Are you going with Peterson? We've seen the most out of him this year. Do you go with experience in a guy like Porcello? I, I'm I'm very curious to see. Let's just assume the Mets get hot and get in. Who's your Who's your top three? Or do you go with four? Do you go with a bullpen day? I'm very curious to see where you're at right now. Yeah, um, I was I was talking with someone up here at school the other day about about this exact thing, and um, I mean. After DeGrom, Peterson is the one who's shown you the most, but he's also shown you that he's a rookie. Um, and do I trust that guy in a in a, a best of um, – right? The, the wild card round is a best of three. Best uh, of three, yeah. So, you know, if, if DeGrom, uh, you know, gives you a DeGrom game, but the offense doesn't score in, in game one, um, and you're, you're down – to a, a do-or-die game, too, um, do you trust the rookie? Um, I think you'd have no other choice. I could see them going with Porcello in that situation just to, uh, um, you know, go with the, go with the experience. Um, but otherwise, you know, Porcello probably has a spot. Um, and, you know, bullpen, bullpen game, um, you know, I mean, I... Th- I had this conversation initially before Seth Lugo started to, uh, you know, stretch out into the fifth inning and beyond. Um, so I was a little more nervous about what he could possibly give you in a, in a playoff series. Um, so I would feel comfortable with him in a game three. And if you, if you need, um, you know, if they were to advance to a best of seven series, um, and you need a, a fourth starter, um, I mean, perhaps you, you combine Porcello and Waka into into one superstarter. Well, how about Matt? Where where does Matt fit in here? Because I still think I, he's a starter. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I just can't <laughs> in a in a in a playoff atmosphere. I I just can't can't give him the ball. Um, you know, I, I think he really just needs kind of an off season reset refresh. Um, because it, he just has has not. Has not looked like he uh, like he had it has has had it at all since that first start of the season. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of been one one blow up inning, and you, you can't have that in a playoff game. So, um, and you know, you had the injury recently as well. Um, yeah, it, it's it's not <laughs> it's not pretty. You know, you're not as an opposing team. You wouldn't be like, oh man, we got to play the Mets and, and those pitchers. Um, just you know, <laughs> all you have to do is get past the Grom and. And uh, you're probably feeling pretty good about yourself. So um, it's an interesting question. Not one that I think will actually end up mattering. <laughs> That's a <laughs> slightly different conversation. But, um, yeah, I am not really sure what direction they would end up going. Well, you know, taking Lugo out of the bullpen and into the rotation has worked out very, very well so far. And, and you know, just – Props to him because he's doing a, a terrific job. And well, it's uh, worked out for him. I mean, the the bullpen is is sorely lost, missing him. <laughs> is lost without him. Yeah. So. Um, you know where? Of course, you know you hope for the middle of the bullpen. Your guys like your Brad Brocks and um, I do like I do like what I've seen from Miguel Castro. Uh, but you're familiar. Um, if Batances can ever come back healthy, um. You know that middle of the of the bullpen really has to step up, and 
you know, if they can put zeros up, if they can, you know, more often than not, either protect the lead or keep the Mets in the game, which is their job, of course, um, the Mets will be in a much better position because now this offense is kicking. And even when guys like J.D. Davis are slumping, um, everyone else is kind of picking up the slack. And uh, they're really they're chugging along at the right time as far as the offense goes. If if they if the Mets can get just, you know, median level production out of the rest of their rotation and, you know, and anyone in their bullpen not named Edwin Diaz. And even he's a, a question mark at times. Um, you know, it should be it, the, in my eyes. It's always possible. There's there's get into the dance and 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 make waves like and I think, you know, especially in a short series. This team can make waves, and by that point, hopefully, guys like Peterson or, you know, he's getting his feet wet and he builds his confidence. Um, guys like Waka and Porcello, just who haven't looked great, they can kind of step in and do well. Jared Hughes, Brad Brock, um, these guys who kind of had they started late, they're just kind of finding their uh, their rhythms. You know, perfect storm is there, man. I really, I really believe that. I think that um, if this team can get hot. They do have the tools that they don't need, you know, having a Syndergaard or a Stroman would have been really nice, but um, it's, I still think they can go out there and, and beat the the Padres or, or the, the Dodgers Oof. who they, I, <laughs> I do. I, oh, d- dude, if, if the Mets were to get into the playoffs and play the Padres and NLCS, yes, as a fan, I would be completely torn, but um, I, I, as well as the Padres are pitching right now, I do think that there's vulnerabilities there. Um, and, and I try to watch as much Padres as I can. Everybody knows I'm a Padres fan, but I try not to talk about them on the show. Uh, yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll, they are vulnerable. Um, I think Rosenthal was a really, really good pickup for them but uh, to close out games. But again, um, yeah, Lamette, ah, it's a very, very strong team. But there, there are... I think this this Mets offense can match up well with just about any pitching. If they if they have a good night, they can do it. They just got to string these good nights together. And uh, you know, with McNeil doing what he's been doing, I, I think it's possible. You know, up until up until yesterday, where uh, Sunday I should say, um, he went over four. He snapped a six game hitting streak. You know, in September he's still hitting like four twenty. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had to get it in. Uh, you know, if everyone's kind of doing their thing, it's a very dangerous, dangerous lineup. And um, that can't be discounted, especially this time of year. Now, let's say, hypothetically, uh, they are able to sneak into the, the eighth seed uh, and then, you know, lose in a in a three-game best-of-three series uh, in, the, in the wild card round. Um, I mean, d- does that even feel to you like that's like, okay, yeah, we, we went to the playoffs and in 2020. Um, I mean, it's just, at least to me, it just wouldn't come close to feeling like a, a successful season or like they made the playoffs. You know? No, it's like losing to the giants in 2016. They didn't really make the playoffs, but um, it was a nice run and they came together to get there and there's positives to be taken away. But yeah, if they were to get swept in the first, in the wild card round. Yeah, no, I mean, they are who we thought they were to quote the great tennis green. Yeah, I mean, just uh, to me, I mean, I think there's there's a way for them to get there still. Obviously, they're still mathematically alive and, and things could could break their way. They have a couple of series coming up that they that they should win. Um, 
So anything's possible. I just, I just don't, don't see it in a, in a, uh, in an actual series playoff series when um, you you really have to play perfect baseball. And, and this team has been far from perfect uh, throughout the regular season. Yeah. Th- through fan tinted glasses, I am um, eternally optimistic, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm just going to choose to tune it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's all respect. It's all love, but yeah, I am until they're mathematically out. You can ask Andrew. I just, it doesn't turn off. You got to believe. I swear I'm going to get that tattooed on my body one day. Oh, man. <laughs> um, what do you make of Nimmo? I know we touched on, on him briefly. Um, the bat really hasn't been there. His on-base percentage is still elite. But, um, you know, what, what, do you, what do you make of his progress? He had that big breakout year in 2018 and dealt with some injuries and looked to be back. Again, do we chalk it up to just a weird season and see where he goes? Are we are we still optimistic? I should say. I I'm I'm nervous about his defense, but uh, that aside, um, I mean he's still he's still the the king of of getting on base, walking, and, and sprinting down to first base. Um, he has a one thirty one OPS plus right now, and and you'll take that. Um, you know he doesn't need to be this guy that hits. 290 and hits 35 home runs because that's not even close to who he is. Um, And they have guys who can do that. (laughs) They have Conforto, they have Alonso, they have, um, you know, McNeil's going to hit for a high average over a full season. They have hopefully Dom Smith is, is a full-time player next year Um, and potentially adding uh, more bats to that lineup. JD Davis, obviously we know what he can do. Um, So he, does not need to be the guy who puts up a high batting average or, or hits a lot of home runs um, because he's, he's excelled in the past and, and currently he's excelling uh, in that role as leadoff hitter. Um, oh, he's doing great. I mean, it was frustrating to start the season where he was, you know, he was batting first and he was batting ninth and he was back first. He was hitting seventh. He was hitting ninth. He was hitting first again. Um, you know, he just didn't feel like he could get into a rhythm. Um, but once he was, established as as the leadoff guy um he's kind of just been excellent in that role um and you know there certainly are fans who uh and you know no no offense to them it's just how they grew up and on baseball they look at the stats they see he's hitting 258 and that's just not doesn't excite them um but <laughs> when a guy is is getting on base nearly 40 percent of the time i mean that's just kind of an invaluable uh skill set. So, um, you know, the defense has been shaky. I don't think he's a center fielder. Uh, thought I coming into the year, I was, I was hopeful that, that he would be able to, um, but he's just, he's just kind of, um, just, just not the consistent glove out there that, that you need. Um, you know, he's had some, he's had some mistakes out there. He's, he's overran some balls. He's taken some bad routes. Um, you know, his arm is not, a plus tool. Um, but you know, hopefully they're able to get someone who's, who's more of a, uh, a guy you're comfortable with out there, but, um, allows you to, to reap the benefits of, of his offensive skill set as well. Oh, for sure. And I think that on base thing is rubbing off, man. You got five Mets regulars. These are five qualified hitters on the Mets with, with OBPs over 370. Like that's mind blowing. So you got J.D. Davis at 376, Nimmo at 388. 
McNeil at 390, Dom Smith at 396, and Conforto at 428. Um, again, this would all be in a what what equates to about a quarter of a season right now, but that's just you know that's so so impressive. Um, you know, it's Sandy Ball, right? Got to take a walk is as good as it hit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's no surprise that all of these guys, except for JD Davis, were brought in by Sandy through the draft. Uh, were not exactly him, but his his uh, amateur scouts who he hired and and um, you know gave their his philosophy um, and and the types of players they were targeting. Um, hey, shout out know. to fr- shout out to friend of the pod Adam Fisher. What's up, bud? <laughs> oh, Adam, Adam's great, and and he he's one of those guys from from that that era and that regime who who really preached that that getting on base is really good, <laughs> and, and it doesn't really matter if you're uh, you know doing it via the hit. I mean, you, you would hope you're doing it via the hit. You hope if you're doing it via the hit, you're doing it um, via the extra base hit because if you're doing it with singles and then it doesn't really matter if you're, if you're uh, getting singles or, or walking. So um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of uh, for people who have followed the Mets minor leagues for, for years, um, kind of what you were hoping from these guys, um, maybe excluding McNeil because he wasn't a, a top prospect coming up through the system. But um, yeah, it, it, it's good to see kind of these guys kind of being well-rounded Um and man, I'm just I'm looking at the Michael Conforto stat line right now. And <laughs> it's just kind of it's it's sparkling on my computer screen. It's and he and he's not doing it like and he's been hitting a lot of home runs as of late, but he's only got nine homers on the season and in a in 162 games that works out to oh what has he played in 47? He's hitting like what 40 home runs something like that, but like that's it's great. It, it's it's triple crown level stuff. And it's um, it, it's really it's it's been really fun to watch. And even if they don't make the playoffs, uh, Steve Cohen owns a team, and and boy, this core is just off and running. Yeah, and and like I said, temper your expectations. I mean, Francisco Lindor might not be walking uh, walking into the clubhouse. I mean, Real Muto might go back to the Phillies, but I think uh, you know, long term. This organization is is in a good place. Um, I mean, it, it feels really weird to be saying that because it just really has has never been been in a good place. Uh, or even when we say they are, they they really aren't. So, um, but yeah, between the guys they have now and and the potential for um, whatever Steve Cohen brings in, um, it's exciting. And and keep in mind, the Mets have been drafting well and they have been signing internationally quite well and. There's more, you know, it's not as the the farm system isn't as rich as it was, let's say, 18 months or two years ago. But um, there's still some gems in there. You still, you know, you're where are you going to put Ronnie Maurizio soon? Uh, Francisco Alvarez, which the card hobby folks usually are really, really spot on about these things. Um, His first Bowman autograph is in Bowman Chrome, which comes out at the end of the week. Uh, people are doing like auctions for out of like full cases and stuff like that. Alvarez is like five, number five on the list. Very popular among the, uh, among the card hobbyists. So keep an eye on that. And um, yeah, just very, um, very exciting times. I, I, I've been trying to contain my excitement, trying to keep it, keep it on point here. I'd like to go off on tangents, but uh, this is, this is really, this is great. (laughs) 
Yeah, and and we're luckily going to know uh, very soon, um, you know, what this team is uh, in terms of going going into the playoffs. And um, if they if they miss it, then you know they they weren't good enough, and and they have to build on that next year. If they make it, then um, it gives you uh, you know some some more baseball games to watch, and and that's never a bad thing. Never a bad thing, and. Uh... I could tell you one thing, our free agent episode this offseason is going to be a lot more exciting than the last couple of ones have been. Yeah, the hot stove will be scalding. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Oh, can't wait. All right. Hey, Jacob, what do you got going on at, uh, at Metsmerize this week? Anything cooking? Ooh, let me think. Um, man, I've been so busy at school that, that oh, I, I'm sure. I, I can't even think about getting an article out right now. I'll tell you that. It's just been... Uh, Crazy getting getting back into the the swing of things educationally, but you know, gotta gotta take this the book seriously. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know trying to do homework and watch Mets games at the same time. It's uh, it's, it's a fun time. Oh yeah, you know, and then you gotta level out and actually try to focus on work after getting your uh, your heart ripped out on an almost daily basis this year. But you know, we we, we get by, especially with this Cohen news. You know, they could. They could lose. I'll be fine. <laughs> We're going to yeah. be just fine. But, um, oh, shout out to Joe DeCaro, Metsmerized Joe, Joe D. Hey. Um, it was his birthday this week. So happy birthday, Joe. Miss you, pal. Joe's the best. Happy Joe, is the, Joe is the best. All right. Uh, everybody, you know where to find us. We're going to have a special guest. I, I want to say it's going to be this week, but it could be next week. Uh, it'll be a weekday episode. And, um, yeah, we'll look forward to that. And Jacob, I'm sure you'll be back with me very soon, right? Of course. Any, anytime you, you you reach out to me, uh, I'm there for you. Oh yeah, no. This is I think this is the you know this is the pairing. This is the regular pairing, and <laughs> you know I'll, I'll still have guests in, but yeah, this is uh, it. All comes back to the to the squad, and that's all. I'll, I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this. I, I certainly enjoy listening to the the excellent guests you bring on much more than than listening back to myself. So. <laughs> feel, feel free to, to kick me off for, for any, any week down the line. <laughs> oh, we have, we have a couple in the works right now. So, uh, I will certainly keep you in the loop, my man. Perfect. All right, everybody, you know where to find us. Simply amazing. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe, rate, review, and, uh, we'll catch you next time. Let's go Mets. Let's go Steve Cohen. Welcome home. Uncle Stevie. <laughs> <laughs>